Answers Magazine, Volume 17.4, Page 27, Bible and Culture, When They Persecute You, by Scott Chadwick. Throughout history, believers in God and His Word have faced persecution. From Adam's son, Abel, who was killed by his brother Cain, to the present day, God-fearing men and women have been cast out of families and communities, mocked, slandered, robbed, kidnapped, imprisoned, tortured, and murdered, simply for their devotion to Christ. Most American Christians do not experience the same degree of aggression we see around the world, but the Lord Jesus referred to this wide-ranging animosity toward God's people when He said, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Matthew chapter 5 verses 11 through 12 refer to Hebrews chapter 11 verses 32 through 38. Christians must recognize the privilege we have of representing God in the face of oppression and celebrate our historic connection with prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Daniel. But these persecuted prophets had something in common. They were dedicated to obeying and proclaiming God's message more than to trying to preserve their own comfort or acceptance. As our world grows increasingly hostile, Christians must respond to conflict and aggression in a manner pleasing to God, knowing that our mistreatment could be used to lead others to faith in Christ. Consider the following ways to respond when you face opposition. 1. Expect persecution. The Bible says, All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. 2 Timothy 3, verse 12. But even in the face of suffering unto death, God expects His people to remain steadfast in Christ. The Lord Jesus told His disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 26. Sometimes due to pride and a lack of perspective on what our brothers face around the world, we can adopt a martyr complex as we view ourselves as victims instead of victors in Christ. Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. But we should not overreact to what we perceive to be harsh treatment, become discouraged about our effectiveness for Christ, or worry about what horrors might happen next. Always our desire should be to glorify Christ and make Him known to a lost, rebellious, and dying generation. We should rejoice with the apostles that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 5, verse 41. 2. Share God's Word, even the contentious parts. Many in the world, and even parts of the church, reject a young earth, a historical Adam and Eve, humanity as male and female, marriage of one man and one woman, a global flood, and the dispersion at Babel. Does that mean we should stay silent about God's record of our early history? While these doctrines are not salvation issues, when people challenge them, they are attempting to undermine the Bible's authority. Hesitant to be ridiculed as weird and desiring to be accepted, many Christians choose to keep quiet about these issues and others such as LGBTQ identity, and disengage from sharing the full message of God's Word. Refer to Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. But when adversaries appear, do not be ashamed to stand firm in the truth of God's Word. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. 
Instead of losing focus on the mission Christ has given us, we must remember our Lord's command to make disciples of all the nations. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. And pray that our persecutors, who are really God-haters fighting against His authority much more than against us, would repent and come to a knowledge of the truth. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25. 3. Guard your testimony. Others may disparage your intelligence, portray you as closed-minded and intolerant, or falsely accuse you. Be kind, avoid unnecessary provocation, and respect others. Make sure the dispute is more about Christ and His Word. Remember that the gospel offends, but that doesn't mean we should be insulting or odious in our presentation of it. Rather, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 25. If someone asks you to tone it down regarding your evangelistic fervor, confronts your ungodly behavior, or generally frustrates you, reflect on how you might have acted improperly. Are they really out to get you because of your devotion to God? Or might they be finding fault with your irreverent behavior? Instead of dawdling in self-pity, take the opportunity to evaluate yourself and commit to changing and growing. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11-12 through 12. 4. Build your faith and knowledge It is comfortable to spend time with those who agree with us, but when practiced rightly, disagreement helps to establish the truth. As Paul said, there must be factions among you, even in the church in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 19. For those who support the work of Answers in Genesis, for example, it is not persecution when critics simply question claims made by creation scientists. Evaluation, fact-checking, analysis, and critique are part of the scientific method. A desire for a greater understanding of the truth can help all parties in the conversation to think rightly and grow. Perhaps you distract from the truth of God's Word through improper arguments, illogical claims, or by refusing to listen to and engage with your opponent's arguments. Rather than labeling any challenge to our doctrine or practice as persecution, we should take the opportunity to learn and grow through challenges. James chapter 1, verses 2-4 through four. If you feel unprepared to defend the message of Christ, get equipped to give an answer from His Word. We all need the refining work that suffering can produce. 5. Love your enemies. When we face genuine oppression for Christ, our Lord has commanded us, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 28. We must seek peace with our enemies, even when they have no interest in peace. Refer to Psalm 120, verse 7, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Ultimately, we leave room for the justice of God, just as our Lord Jesus continued entrusting Himself to Him who judges justly. 1 Peter 2, verse 23. So, persevere, be resilient, be faithful. We must consider Him who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Hebrews 12, verse 3. Even when we are wronged, we should always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15. 6. Holding fast. 
Ken Ham, apologist and founder of Answers in Genesis, often quotes from Luke chapter 19, verse 13, in which the Lord Jesus speaks in a parable, Engage in business until I come. While we seek to fulfill our Lord's work, let us be faithful in the tasks He has entrusted to us. In the face of persecution, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful Creator while doing good. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19. Refer to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. We cannot fully appreciate how God will use persecution to build His church, but we know He is good, loving, and powerful able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. As He remains faithful to us, we must remain faithful to the end. Scott Chadwick is the founding pastor of Liberty Bible Church in Northern Kentucky. He earned an MA from Grand Rapids Baptist Seminary and has also served churches in Michigan, Israel, and Texas. 